Geminet, a podcast about knitting, spinning, dyeing, and other crafts in Mid-America. Hi, I'm Sherry. And I'm Tamara. Thank you for listening. We're recording on January 3rd, 2021, and today's episode is all about Chainette Yarns. How are you doing today, Tamara? I am doing okay. It's sunny, and that's good. Yeah, I haven't seen the sun for three or four days now. It is very foggy and there is snow on the ground and it is very wintry, finally. Yeah, that's exciting. We actually missed that snowstorm. It went just like 30 minutes to our east, so you got it and we didn't. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. And I am excited about the new year. However, by the time this comes out, the month is going to be over, so we're not going to talk about resolutions or anything about that. Let's go ahead and just get started. What are you working on? I'm cast on another mitten. I actually gave away a few pairs of mittens for this holiday season. My mitten bag is getting very low, so I'm starting again. Mm-hmm. What about you? I am working on a pair of socks. My brother has, he shows up in this podcast a lot about his socks. He has a very, very, very large feet, and he likes wool socks to be warm as he walks to and from work in the wintertime. And they are such a labor to make that I did, about two years ago, I did five hours of research and I bought him the largest pair of wool socks I could find anywhere online and they were too small for him. So I'm back to knitting him socks. Yeah. It takes me 13 months to knit him a pair and uh, it takes 150 grams of wool. So these are a big deal. Yeah. 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 And... He wants black, which I refuse to do, but I do do shades of gray. So this time it is dark gray and light gray speckled, and I'm actually enjoying it. Yeah, that sounds nice. You know, I think I've said this before, but I have twin baby brothers, and they both got big feet, but not that big. Um, And when I used to make them socks, uh, I always did it with a superwash worsted, light worsted. Mm Yeah, yeah. That doesn't work for my brother, or I would totally do that. His problem is that his feet are extra wide rather than too long, so that he can barely find shoes that are wide enough for him. And that's the problem with the the commercial socks, is that his feet were too wide for them. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Okay. Since I finished a sweater, I cast on a new one. Hmm. I say that like those two are related to each other. They are not. I cast on new sweaters whenever I feel like it and almost never finish them. However, I cast on Ice Fields by Heidi Kiermeyer out of a uh, chinette yarn, which is the theme of the show. It is a discontinued yarn by Rowan, but it's a cotton nylon blend, and I am really enjoying it. Cool. I haven't gone to look at that sweater. I need to go look. What's it look like? I would say it looks like a Chanel jacket. Mm-hmm. It has a mandarin collar. It is short cardigan. So it's a raglan top down, but it seems to be sort of uh, structured. So we will see if that's actually the case or if my yarn allows it to be structured. It's my first time buying a ebook online on Ravelry. It is very nicely put together, but I've discovered I don't like ebooks because it's all of the patterns in the same PDF. So I have to like scroll through all of the patterns. Oh, and the reason why is I don't have a printer. 
So I'm doing this on my tablet, which is normally fantastic, but that also means that I'm dealing with several patterns that I'm not knitting this time, and I just have to keep scrolling through them. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yep, yep. However, the photos are beautiful. The ebook is laid out wonderfully. Her patterns are excellent, like always. It's only because I can't print out like page 15 through 18 without going to Kinko's, which I am not doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Let's see. I have, you mean under current finished and fantasy stuff? Yes. But I still have finished to go. I was wondering if you had anything for current. No, my other stuff, not so much. Okay. Okay. I will just keep going. So the sweater I'm finished and I'm wearing it right now, right now, you can't really see me through the microphone, um, is Heidi Kiermeyer's Tea with Jam and Bread, uh -huh. which is a top-down raglan sweatshirt style with two adorable little pockets that are decorative, nothing like the sweater that I have set aside and not finished where I'm making pockets for my phone. These I can put my hands in to warm them up, but they're too shallow. Anything I put in them would just fall right out. Yeah. But they are so adorable. It looks like I you got... the lining. Oh, I'm sorry. It looks like you got a really good fit for that sweater. Yes. And that is because of the chainette yarn that I used for it, which is, again, the theme of this episode. I'm so excited. I love this yarn. This is Sissa by Marisol. We talk about Marisol all the time because what they're doing with that boarding school that they have in Peru and also the quality of their yarn. I've always been very, very pleased. Sissa is an alpaca yarn in the chainette construction. And I cast on this sweater an embarrassing number of years ago when I was tiny. And it had positive ease when I cast it on. It now has negative ease and it looks just as good now than it did back when I started when I was trying it on for fit. And that's because this yarn is so elastic and it just springs back. It doesn't look too tight on me. It's, yeah, it fits great. And I am happy about that because I can tell I could keep on growing and it's still going to fit great. I'm very, very pleased with this sweater. I still have fantasy knitting, but that's it for finished objects. Have you finished anything? Um, yeah, I... I always put my test knits in this finished bit because I'm done with my portion mm -hmm. of it. So both the beach glass sweater and the Aria hat test knits are starting. Um, and so I'm excited mm -hmm. to start talking about it with testers. And I, I always really love the back and forth and really appreciate the work that testers put into stuff. So I'm excited for both of those. And I released the ponytail hot chocolate hat. It uses the same cables as the normal version of that hot chocolate hat. But it ends in a simple peekaboo opening. And I love, love, love my sample hat for that. So I'm super excited mm -hmm. to share it. Um, the pattern's worsted weight. It's written in three sizes. I'm extra super excited to share it because this is the first time I've done it in this way. I am only releasing it as an exclusive gift to newsletter subscribers. So like when you sign up for the newsletter, there's an automatically generated welcome. I'm so glad you're here. And I put the pattern in that welcome. Mm -hmm. It'll go out as new people su subscribe. So that's exciting. You can sign up in the in our show notes. There'll be a little link. Um, and then I'm also going to gift it to all of my newsletter subscribers that I already have in the January newsletter. So it's the first time I've done anything like that. I'm kind of excited to do it. It feels fun. And I yeah. Cool. That is really cool and fun. 
so they can get it. There will be a link on jiminetpodcast.com. But you also have your own website. They can sign up there too, right? They can. I have a blog um, and there's a sign up along the side. And a lot of um, times in a in a blog post, I'll say, and you can sign up for exclusive offers here. So yeah, it's and mm-hmm. that's just my name. So tamramoods.com. Okay. So that's that. And then I have one other, I guess I do have one other ongoing project, but it's not knitting. So I forgot about it. Uh-huh. I started doing Tai Chi again every day. Or Qigong, which turns out I really like that better than Taiji. But in my mind, when I started, they were the same. So I have a hard time saying Qigong when I think about it. But my goal is to do 100 days in a row. And after I've done that, I will have proven to myself that I'm serious about it. And I'm going to look into getting certified as a teacher. I like what that process would look like and how far I need to travel to make it happen. And I'm currently on day 57 of doing it every day. And I cycle through different online videos that I've found. I've found some that are five minutes long or 11 minutes long. There's one that's an hour. And I've only done once because I never have an hour to give up. Um, but I'll mm-hmm. put I'll put links to my favorites in the show notes because I have like five or six that I cycle through every week or so. Cool. All right. Well, let's move on to fantasy knitting. When we were talking about the prep for this podcast, I was like, I don't have any, you know, I'm just working on my whips and things like that. That was two days ago. Yeah. (laughs) It only takes me 48 hours to become obsessed with an idea. A friend of mine from my spinning group was asking for patterns for a sweatshirt style sweater. And I recommended the Sherry Pullover. It's the one that you designed that you just knitted this fall. I've knit it twice before, and I finished this, the sweater I'm wearing right now, and I re-fell in love with the yarn, and I was like, I really want to make the cherry pullover in a chainette yarn. Probably the Sissa all over again, but maybe one of the options by Wolfolk, they have at least three different options for me to choose from. I'm trying not to go out and buy yarn right now, however... It might happen tomorrow. We will see. I'm so excited. (laughs) That's actually the reason why I cast on the ice field, because I had that discontinued yarn in my stash. Um, That is the right construction, although it is cotton instead of a fluffy, beautiful alpaca. But I was hoping to scratch the itch with that. And it's lovely and I'm enjoying it, but no, still obsessed. I, I love that name. It's a really good name, Icefields. It's a great name. Yeah, she's from Canada, and that ebook is all Canada-inspired names. So, mm-hmm. anything for here? Or it's time to move on to mulligans. Uh, move on, and I actually don't have any mulligans. Me neither. So lucky. This is totally luck. <laughs> <laughs> Very rare. So that means we're ready for the topic of the show, which is chainette yarns. And I love these yarns so much. I don't get to work with them all that often. But when I do, every time I'm due, I'm like, why do I not work with them more? I have a list here of things I want to cover. So I think I'm going to go ahead and go first. Okay. As I go through the list, you can interrupt and um, add anything you want to to that section. And then, of course, you'll have your turn too. First off, what is a chainette or a chained yarn? It is a yarn where a narrow ply of fiber has been a machine knit into a strand that's a mesh or really, we, when we do it by hand, we call it an I-cord. 
because of that, it has a hollow core, which makes them very light and extra warm. It needs less fiber to create the same yardage, and this allows the cost per yard to decrease, so luxury fibers like cashmere can become affordable. This also means that I can make an adult size hat out of 50 grams of fiber instead of 70 to 100 grams, and the hats are so warm and cozy. The sweater I'm wearing right now is the first time I've ever knit a sweater out of it. I've always done hats or cowls, but yes, this sweater is so light I meant to weigh it before I put it on and I forgot. Normally a sweater for me is 500 to 600 grams and I think this is, I think it's about 450, but I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Because of the construction of it, the yarn is super bouncy. It adds a stretch, a bounce to inelastic fibers like alpaca or cotton. I have some nettle yarn that's a chain net also that I haven't used yet. I'm sort of hoarding it. And that, this sweater is alpaca, but it is like um, you pointed out the fit of it. It bounces back. It's so elastic. I love it. And this elasticity should keep it from sagging during wear and during washing. And it looks fantastic in cables. I love the way cables look in chainette yarn, which is the reason why after I bought this yarn for this sweater, um, and I cast it on and I knit it and I loved it so much that I went out and bought some for you so you could test it out because I know you enjoy cables. Whether you like it or not, That's that was my thought process behind it. Yeah. When you said your sweater has a lot of bounce, you were actually pulling it, kind of plucking it off, and it did go <laughs> right back. It did it. You did it a few times, and you would pull it out, you know, and I'm like, oh, and then it would just bounce right back. So, yes, you're right. It does. And that is very rare for alpaca. That's rare for any yarn, but especially with alpaca or cotton. And this construction does that. Now, there is something about it. I am a loose knitter, and almost always I have to go down multiple needle sizes from what the ball band suggests to get the ball band gauge. Chainette yarn, I usually have to go up a needle size, which is very unusual for me. The knitting, it still feels wonderful and fantastic, and I love it, but it's just odd. You know, it says, use a size six needle, and there it is, I'm using an eight needle but it doesn't hurt my hands the way that other yarns would in that case. It just means that swatching is really important. You don't go by what the ball band says, go by what you need to get gauge. Mm -hmm. I've actually found yeah. that I tried a couple of different, I tried the Mirasol Sousa that you gave me some of and the Wolf Far that you gave me some of, and I knit up swatches because I knew we were going to be talking about this. Mm -hmm. And for both, I went up to size eight needles which is above what it says on the ball. And for both, they would have really been happy with the way that I knit on a larger size needle. And I refuse to go larger than size eight because it hurts my hands and I just won't do it. It mm -hmm. feels weird and I don't like it. Um, so I didn't get a great swatch out of either one of those yarns because I'm, I'm not willing to go high enough in the needle size. I completely respect that. But then at the same time, I wonder if this yarn would actually hurt your hands at a... A larger needle because it doesn't because it's so stretchy it doesn't apply the torque and the stress that other large yarns do 
However, I mean, that's your choice and nobody, you get to do what you want. Yarn that I'm using for um, Icefield is a worsted weight. And then I have a camel blend in my stash that's a fingering weight. So Chinette yarns aren't only bulky weight. It's just they're often bulky weight because of the, it's a way to make a bulky yarn without the yarn being heavy. Right. I actually looked it up um, just to see because Chinette's fairly recent, right? The last five years or so that I've really, it's really been on my radar, I guess. There are 417 different options for it on Ravelry, which I was shocked to find. And more than half, like 280 of them are above, are worsted weight or above. And like all of those, I would probably disregard right off for me. But that means there's still a huge section that's DK, sport weight, and fingering weight that I would love to look into. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, people say because of the construction, it's less pilly for the amount of softness. I haven't had a chance to test that yet. I did rub my swatch and it did not pill. But that's not the same as the underarms of a sweater. And I'm wearing this sweater for the very first time today. So it's too soon for me to tell. Right. None of my hats have pilled. But come on, hats. I mean, how much do hats ever pill? Now, there is a con that I have not experienced. But I did ask around for this podcast. And a good friend of mine, she pointed out that... In an FO, because it's a chain construction, if one of the plies goes, it can unravel. And she had a sweater that every time she washed it, she had to repair the cuffs to the point that she cut the cuffs off and re-knit the cuffs in a different yarn. Huh. I took the sisa and I tried to unravel it and I could not. So I feel very confident about the sweater I am wearing. But it is something to be aware of and to test out on the yarns that you are using. Again, she pointed out this would not be a problem with hats because hats don't have the, and cowls, they don't have that point of wear that a cuff of your sweater does. And she even fixed that by using a plied yarn in the cuffs and then the chainette yarn for the rest of the sweater. And she's also embraced the decorative mending. She says whenever it is a hole, she just uh, patches it in a different color and that the sweater is really cool for that reason. Yeah, that sounds cool. I have a pair of mittens that I redid the thumb in a different color just because I'm like, Uh you know, I went looking for the same yarn and couldn't find it and thought it's probably here, but I'm done looking. So this looks good. And (laughs) (laughs) I did try unraveling the cotton yarn by Rowan, the discontinued one I'm using. Mm -hmm. And that one didn't unravel but when I tugged on the cotton bits they were so fine that they did like pull out in my fingers on the end so I could see where it could potentially be a problem with that sweater however the cotton with the tiny bit of polymade is so sturdy that a strand would actually have to be cut before that became a problem but a cut strand would become a problem so if a dog claw yanked one out and sliced it then I could see having to repair it right but that's sort of the same with any sweater right I didn't um swatch with it for this podcast because I couldn't find it again in the I should go through my stash I have some discontinued Barocco flicker which is a chainette you can't yarn find it because you gave it to me Oh, that's why. Okay. I have it. Yeah. <laughs> so I really liked I really liked that yarn. I made a hat and some mittens out of it. And I dug the hat out yesterday and wore it on our family hike. And it was really warm mm-hmm. and it's comfortable. And 
the gauge on that is just slightly smaller. If you look online, the two that I talked about earlier both say 18 stitches, between 17 and 18 stitches to an inch, I think. Mm-hmm. And the um, Baroque Flicker says 20. And it was just enough smaller that I could knit with it comfortably. And I really do like it. But it's got, and it could be I like it because it's got the shiny bits. But I was going to say the shiny bits, I could see those maybe cutting the fiber if you ran it through a wash or something. So I wonder. Yeah. I I feel like I have faith in the yarn. I feel like it would hold together. But yeah, because of the glitz that's in that Barocco, I wouldn't make a sweater out of it anyway. That's totally an accessory yarn and not a problem in hats and mittens or um, cowls. Although, okay, the glitz might be scratchy in a cowl. It's okay in a hat. Um, it's also yeah, a, it's definitely. also an alpaca blend, and that's okay for a hat for me and mittens. Some alpaca I can't wear even as mittens, but that stuff, I it was okay. Yes, me too. And actually, that's a good point. This Sissa yarn that is alpaca, so soft, zero itch, which is rare for me. So many alpacas, I do find it itchy, but this one, it feels like a merino. It is luscious. Yeah. All right. So one thing I did when we were getting ready for this is I went to go look at how other people's are described change yarns. Mm-hmm. And I have a whole list of words that I found. You want to hear them? Okay, sure. Structure, definition, warmth, luxurious, soft, luscious, lift, air, loft, soft again. And then other people talked about hollow core and the increased weight without heft so like a thicker yarn without making it heavy and so exactly yes i would say all of those are true yeah so all right that is that's everything except for that every time i knit it i love it it just is so bouncy and it just flies off the needles and i do have to use large needles but unlike other large yarn it does not hurt my hands so I don't mind. That's, it does feel clumsy because I prefer knitting with small needles, but it is not painful. I actually do have one other thing. I'm going to put a plug in for the blog post by Donna Esten Designs. Oh, so, yeah, I found that one too. She had a lot of great things to say. She did. It's well written and it covers everything except for the unraveling. It was I agreed with everything that she said on it, and it's just a good place if you want to read more about it. Yeah. We should definitely put a link to that in the show notes. Yeah. Podcast announcements. Join Geminit Podcast Group on Ravelry and follow us on Instagram at Geminit Podcast. Also, please take a second to rate us on your podcast player. This will help other people find us. The more stars, the better. Thank you. Okay, that's entertainment. What have you been watching or doing, Tamara? Okay, so we found out that Season 3 of The Expanse is releasing one episode a week again. Uh, It started um, a week or two ago, and it'll go through February, I think. And so we're watching that every week when it releases. I think it's my current favorite science fiction. And I really like the Amos character. He's this tough guy that grew up rough, and he never takes someone out that doesn't need it, more or less, you know? (laughs) So in one of the recent episodes, he's walking along, and somebody calls out his name, and he turns around with no prompting and says, okay, 
First of all, I didn't start it. And second, they were alive when I left. And I cackled. Like, I cackled and cackled and said, I'm going to say that the next time somebody shouts out my name. And um, so now the younger teen has been prompting me. He'll say, hey, mom. And I'll say, first of all, I didn't start <laughs> Or he'll say, hey, Tamara. And I say, wait, I didn't start it. So I'm having a lot of fun with that. <laughs> do you want me to keep going or you want to do one of yours? I'll do mine. Okay. I was listening to the podcast ID10T, as one does, uh, by Chris Hardwick, and it's been going on for 11 years now. He is in the entertainment industry. He's a comedian, did a hosting of a late night talk show. So he interviews actors, directors, and authors. And he was interviewing Chris Columbus on episode 1105. That episode was about uh, Chris Columbus talking about directing Kurt Russell in The Christmas Chronicle, oh. the movie that I talked about last last um, month. And I was like, no wonder I love it, because I love everything Chris Columbus has done, because he wrote Gremlins, Goonies, and Young Sherlock. I mean, that is my childhood right there. He directed Adventures in Babysitting, which is an excellent movie. He also directed Home Alone, Mrs. Doubtfire, and the first two Harry Potter movies. I mean, pretty much every favorite movie I've ever had, huh. he has had something to do with it. So that explains why I like the Christmas Chronicles 1 and 2. And I had no idea because I don't pay that much attention <laughs> to the credits because I'm so busy knitting, I don't have time to read. I also have food to talk about, so why don't you go next? Okay. We also just finished our, every year or two, we rewatch the Lord of the Rings trilogy movies. um, And we just finished making it through those. And this time it felt like it was pertinent to current events, like the story of them banding together against evil and overwhelming odds and doing hard things, even though they'd rather just not. I thought it really resonated for 2020 and going into 2021. And the speech that Sam gives in the second one, it felt even more hopeful this year. He said, you know, I actually have the whole speech here. I'm not going to I'm not going to read it to you. But he says, you know, it's about like those stories, the ones that really mattered where you couldn't remember how anything was going to turn out OK. But you they kept going and a new day will come and even the darkness must pass. And he's like, and you remember what you're fighting for. And Frodo says, Oh, what are we holding on to, Sam? What are we fighting for? And he's like, there is some good in this world, Mr. Frodo, and it's worth fighting for. And I thought, you know, that didn't make me cry like it probably did the first time I watched it. But boy, that sounded good for right now. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, we just finished rewatching those. And then I have a couple books I've been reading. I'm reading Becoming by Michelle Obama, and I'm really liking it. I'm not that far into it, um, but it's good. And then I also finally picked up that eighth Maisie Dobbs book again. She's the British um, private detective. And I picked it up a while ago. It was felt too emotionally hard to read because she was um, watching the very beginnings of the Nazi party start to give speeches and stuff in England. And I thought, I can't handle that right now. It feels too stressful. Um, but I picked it up again. And, and this time around, I, I enjoyed it. I don't have books to talk about this time. However, Audible had a buy one, get one free Christmas sale, and I had some credit saved up. So I now have a whole bunch of Audible books in my queue. So I'm excited about that. That is exciting. What I do have, though, 
is talking about my winter CSA and fresh turmeric. I chose the one I have for many reasons, but one of the reasons I was excited about it was the fresh ginger and the fresh turmeric root that they grow on their little farm. I love dried ground turmeric recipes, so I was very excited to get it fresh. I do not like fresh turmeric. Okay. <laughs> not even a little bit. However, I did apply the thought that, you know, like you do with toddlers, that the first 20 times you try something new sort of thing. So I've done it three ways so far. The first way was in a stir fry, and that was not good. I chopped it up the way I chop up garlic or hot pepper. And when I get a piece of tiny piece of garlic or a tiny piece of hot pepper in a soup or a stir fry, it's a sharp, a sharp taste, a hot taste, a little burst that's maybe not pleasant, but it's enjoyable, if that makes sense. And that's the reason why you cook with those things. Well, turmeric does the same thing, except for it's neither pleasant nor enjoyable. And then stir fry, fail. Soup, fail. And then I did more looking online and I came up with turmeric coconut rice. And that is pretty good. I am not linking a recipe because I didn't follow a recipe. I just read several different recipes and just did it. And what I did was I sauteed turmeric and garlic and onion together until the onion wilted and started turning brown. But I can't say I browned the onions because it was like less than 10 minutes. And then I poured in a can of coconut milk and I left that on a hot burner, but with no heat to allow it seep like a tea until it turned yellow. And I cooked the rice separately. And then when the rice was done, I popped it in there and stirred it up and then ate it with a grilled fish. As a side dish, that was worth making again. Huh. Yeah, that sounds good. You know, turmeric's really good for your immune system. When we were staying not too far from White Sands one time, the owner of the of the hotel uh, was from India. And she said, you know, I had a terrible cold. And I'm sure she thought, oh my gosh, get out of my front room. But um, instead she said, <laughs> you know, turmeric milk is really good for that. You do some, you grind up some fresh turmeric and you put it in warm milk with honey and um, other spices if you want. And that'll knock your immune system just right up. And I, so I came home and I tried it and it's, it's good. It's not great with powdered turmeric, but as soon as you said fresh turmeric, I'm like, Ooh, I would try it with the turmeric milk. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, I will try that, but I'll tell you right now that unless I put so much honey into it, it's like candy, I am not going to like it. Okay. <laughs> However, I do know that Farmer Dave and Farmer Sherry that have this CSA, they're really into the health benefits of it. I get newsletters like weekly uh -huh. about how healthy it is. So I'm sure that is one of the reasons why they choose to grow it. It's also yeah. cool. Yeah. So anyway, I'm lucky that they allow the rating of their vegetables on how often you want the, you want to see it in your share. And I'm going to put that in the middle of the road. It's not like I never want it again, but I definitely don't want a, a new root showing up weekly either. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's all I have. Do you have anything more? Um, I actually did have one more thing. I didn't know if we would have time for it, but um, we... we have time. We played a lot of board games over the winter break, and one of them that we played was 
the through the ages i think i've mentioned before it's a really long game you start with almost nothing and you build up farming and technology and stuff and it we know it's a long game anytime the older team picks it we tell him it's going to take two of his game picks right because it's long Mm -hmm. so he picked it this time and we weren't busy and we all sat down and we played it for like six hours (laughs) so so part way through i went and grabbed the sock that i've talked about before and i i picked it up because i thought it is way better for me to knit on this sock than try to punch somebody because they're taking too long for their team turn We played it and I actually finished that sock. I took a picture of it with next to the board, like when I started it and when I finished the sock. We were still playing for a couple of hours after that. So I cast on the second sock. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So that one has a really high knitability score, like maybe a 10. But it had to be something easy because I needed to watch what was going on so I knew what I was gonna do when it was my turn, so nobody else was like, Oh, your turns are taking so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That reminds me that my game time fun limit is four hours and 20 minutes. The moment we pass that, I get so grouchy. Yeah. I like somebody needs to feed me or something because so grouchy. And I do understand why you're doing it. And that is counting as two things. And I would probably, I mean, I would do it in that situation too, but mm. Yeah. Yep. That's, I do not envy that. Yeah. That sock was good for everybody because it, <laughs> it kept me fairly chipper. <laughs> so, all right. All right. I think that's it for me. Yeah, me too. All right. So this is a good time to stop. Thank you for listening. Bye now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.